back among you. I'd be very grateful if you could have the passage uh, that um, uh, we had read for us uh, earlier, open in front of you. It would be a great help to me. And may I pray for us as we have a look at it. Uh, John uh, tells us that uh, we have an anointing from the Holy One and we know the truth. Uh, We know that as Christians, the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes to who the Lord Jesus really is. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray that by your Spirit you would do the same uh, this evening. In these next few minutes, we pray that you would remind us of what we know. Uh, If there is any among us who does not know the truth, we pray that you would be merciful and open their eyes as well. And we do pray that we would keep walking in that truth so we would receive eternal life, which is what you have promised us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, uh, I don't want to start with gloom, gloominess, but uh, here are some statistics that might uh, surprise you. Uh, between 1980 and 1990, so across that uh, decade, it was estimated that around 1,000 people were leaving the Church of England every single week. 1,000 people were leaving the Church of England every single week. Uh, I haven't been able to find out any uh, more up-to-date statistics than that, uh, but that's uh, just one for you to hold on to. Uh, In 2014, it was estimated that the number of Anglicans, or people claiming to be part of the Church of England in the United Kingdom, uh, stood at 17%. Uh, The last time they'd done that, a few years before, it had been 21%. Uh, to pile on the gloom, an article in the Spectator magazine uh, quite recently suggested that at the current rate, uh, the Church of England could be extinct by 2033. Sobering stuff, isn't it? Uh, now, we always have to be careful about statistics, of course. Uh, you'll know the joke, won't you? There are three lies, and the last one is uh, damn lies and statistics. But at the very least, we have to face up to statistics, and it forces us to confront a very uncomfortable reality. The truth is, friends, that sadly, not all people who profess during their lifetimes to be followers of Jesus Christ uh, will stay that way and finish well or last the course. Uh, Almost certainly, I think we can say that there will be people among us, even here this evening, people who uh, know uh, the Lord Jesus or who profess to know him at least, who by the end of their lives, it will seem, will have walked away from him. They won't still walking with him. Uh, Sadly, many of us know that that is true from our own experience. I can think of uh, a girl I used to know uh, about over 10 years ago now. Uh, When we were at university, she was the vice president of the Christian Union, where I was part of. Uh, You could not find a more enthusiastic Christian than this girl. Uh, Sadly now, as far as I know, she is not a Christian. She's renounced her Christian faith. Uh, She's living with a man who's uh, not a Christian at all, has shown no sign of uh, Christian faith, uh, and as as far as I know, has shown no sign of returning to that faith. Uh, I'm sure there are many of us who can think of friends and uh, family members, perhaps, people, colleagues, even maybe we've uh, worked with, people we've served with alongside uh, in churches, uh, where that seems to be the case again. Well, as I'm sure you know, if you've been coming along to the evening service, uh, the Apostle John is writing to a group of Christians to stop that happening. Uh, John's gospel is written to bring people to faith, but John's letters are written to keep them in it. Uh, Someone has called uh, the letter of 1 John the letter of certainties. John keeps saying, we know, we know, we know, you know, you know, you know. 
And he's reminding Christians of the truth that they have received to keep them going, to stop them falling away. And I think in the verses that we've just had read, there are three uh, parts to the strategy that he has for us continuing as Christians in our lifetime. So a three-part strategy for continuing as a Christian. And the first one is this. John says we are to recognize the dangers. Recognize the dangers. Now, there are, of course, many reasons why people seem to walk away from the Christian faith. Uh, It can be all kinds of things. It can be life circumstances, life experiences, who knows. But one very real reason that we probably don't often think about in churches is that they are influenced by false teaching that they pick up. Uh, False teaching, that is teaching that is not really from God, can very easily blind people. It encourages uh, false hopes. Uh, it, It eventually leads people away from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's that danger that John sees in the churches that he is writing to. Uh, We can see from the start, can't we, verse 15, uh, verse 18, sorry. He says, this is the last hour. It's the last hour, and even now many antichrists have come. In fact, he says, this is actually how uh, we know in the first place that it is the last hour. The last hour, of course, being the time when the Lord Jesus uh, has ascended and when he will return again as judge. He says, we know it's the last hour because there are these people who have emerged. There are many who are trying to trick his followers and oppose him and stand against him. Well, this talk of Antichrist uh, might lead us to think about horror movies or Johnny Rotten, if you're old enough to uh, know Johnny Rotten and remember him. Uh, It's easy to sort of put it on one side and sort of treat it as being a little bit sort of humorous or a bit of a joke. But the Bible is very clear that we have to take this very, very seriously. The Lord Jesus himself, didn't he, often warned about false Christs and false prophets who he said would deceive uh, the elect. Uh, That would be a sign of the end of the age. The Apostle Paul, writing in uh, his second letter to the Thessalonians, uh, talks about a man of lawlessness, this mysterious figure who will come and sort of claim to be God and set himself up against, uh, against God before the return of Christ. Now, we don't uh, know the full details, but as far as we can piece it together from the New Testament, the New Testament does seem to suggest that at some point there will be a figure who will come, and he will stand opposed to our Lord Jesus. And this is the figure that the Bible seems to refer to as the Antichrist. But alongside that, we have what John is talking about here. He says there will be numerous other uh, sort of smaller antichrist, lowercase antichrist, if you might call it. They will be the forerunners of the one who is to come. And he says, actually, they're among us already in the last hour. They are false teachers. They will deny the truth about the Lord Jesus that the Bible reveals. They will seek to undermine him and seek to drag those who follow him away from him uh, so that they are lost. Well, how do we recognize these people? Well, John tells us we recognize them uh, by their behavior. Verse 19, he says, uh, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going shows that none of them belonged to us. We don't know exactly what uh, John is referring to here. Lots of uh, scholars have tried to understand it. 
I think the most convincing answer is that maybe these people had infiltrated the churches. They had uh, tried to influence the leadership and uh, some of the other members of the church. They'd been found out uh, and they'd been forced to leave leave the church because they'd failed. We don't know the details. But whatever the the details, the situation and the lesson surely is clear for us, isn't it? Uh, Not everyone who claims to speak for Jesus actually belongs to him. It might be that for a while they they seem very authentic. They seem very plausible. But eventually their true colours are revealed. In John's day it was because they ultimately ended up leaving the church and just going off and forming some spurious cult somewhere. Uh, We don't know about it in our own day, but they will be revealed eventually. And it's those who look authentic that are the most dangerous, isn't it? Uh, In the Cold War, probably one of the most famous episodes was the uh, episode of the Cambridge Spies. Some of you might know something about it. You had a group of of, of men who uh, looked, to all intents and purposes, like members of the establishment. They had the the most uh, pucker backgrounds you could imagine, very high uh, positions in, in government and in secret service. Uh, right, full, uh, members of the establishment. And yet it turned out all the while they were passing secrets uh, to the Russians, to the Soviets. They were the people that you would least expect to do that. They weren't who people thought they were. It seems to me that so often in the church, we are often alert to those who are outside the church who put us under pressure. It's easy to spot Richard Dawkins making another broadside. It's easy to spot the media having another go at Christians. Friends, it's a lot harder to spot the wolf among the flock, isn't it? Because they will look like they're one of us. Their teaching will seem plausible. It will seem attractive. It will seem right. But they don't really belong to us, to use John's language. Maybe it is a so-called evangelical bishop, for example, who we think is one of us, and yet actually is subtly implying that the Bible's witness to God's truth, its authority, is not enough. It needs updating to catch up with current thinking. It sounds plausible, doesn't it? Who doesn't want to be relevant to the world outside? But it's a lie. Maybe it's a local church pastor who just starts to imply that uh, maybe hell isn't really real. Maybe there isn't a consequence for people who don't turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And all too quickly, it becomes, there are many ways to God. You choose your own, you choose mine, it's fine. You choose something else, you'll be fine. It's a lie, isn't it? And John warns us, don't be taken in. Be alert. Recognize the danger. That's the first uh, part of John's strategy. Recognize the danger. What's the second? The second is this. Remember the truth. Remember the truth. Well, John's words, I guess, might send a shiver of fear among us. We might be looking around thinking, well, who are these people? Where are they? Will we be deceived? Will we be thrown off course? Well, he says we shouldn't panic because there are two gifts that every Christian possesses that helps us to hold fast. Uh, The first one is in verse 20, and you can see it. He says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One that you have received. As Jonathan uh, was helpfully uh, reminding us earlier, uh, this is almost certainly, this is a reference to the Holy Spirit. Uh, John is talking about the Holy Spirit that we have received. Uh, In the Old Testament, the priests, the prophets, and the kings were anointed as a sign of their office, and the Holy Spirit was given to them to perform their tasks. 
Uh, when the Lord Jesus came, remember, he was baptized at his baptism, and he was anointed again with the Holy Spirit, because he was the great prophet, priest, and king. All those Old Testament offices found their fulfillment in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at Pentecost, the promise of the prophets, the promise of the Lord Jesus came true. Uh, the, the Spirit was poured out on all believers, uh, and we share in that today. Uh, John will remind us of that later on, actually, in his letter, chapter 4. He tells us that the Holy Spirit is the proof that we are Christians. He says, we know that we live in him and he in us. Why? Because he has given us of his Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's job is not just to remind us of our status as sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's also to show us Christ and to guide us into all truth. Remember Jesus' words. He said, didn't he, that he would give us the Holy Spirit who would lead us into all truth. Without the Holy Spirit, none of us could be Christians. We need the Spirit to open our eyes, to take away the scales so we can see Jesus for who he really is, so we can see ourselves as who we really are, and we can put our trust in him. And it's the Holy Spirit's job not only to bring us to Christ, but to keep us in Christ. Day by day, he shows us and reminds us of the truth that we have received. And this is the truth that John says we have. This is the second thing that we have received. He says, all of you, verse 20, end of verse 20, all of you know the truth. If we are Christians here this evening, then we possess real wisdom. Because somebody, somewhere or other, passed on to us the good news of Jesus Christ. The truth that the apostles themselves testified to, they wrote it in the scriptures, and they passed it on uh, to us. And John tells us, actually, that he's not writing in order to teach us new truth. They don't need that. He says they do know it. What he is writing them, what the purpose for which he is writing, is to remind them of it. And if we are Christians here this evening, then we have already received the truth of God that has been revealed by the Holy Spirit, by his apostles, through at the word of God. And it's this truth that we need to hold on to. That's the essential thing. Not go looking for new truth, but holding on to old truth, walking in old paths. John tells us actually that what we think is new truth is actually no new truth at all. He tells us, doesn't he, in verse 21, exactly what it is. He says, it's a lie. Simple as that. It's a lie. It's not new truth. Any truth that contradicts the scriptures is is no truth at all. It's a lie. Uh, Plain and simple. And he takes us actually right to the heart of the false teaching that was ravaging the church in his day. And it continues to do so much damage today. Because it's the truth that strikes, well, it's a lie, I suppose, that strikes at the very core of Christianity. And what is that lie? It's there in verse 22, isn't it? Who is the liar? Who is this one who is peddling these lies, this false truth? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. That is the master lie, isn't it? The lie of all lies. Because John says, not only is that denying a truth that the Bible has revealed to us, but it's also a a lie that separates us from the Father as well. Verse 23, he says, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Now, we might think John's being a bit uh, melodramatic. Maybe he's over-egging things a little bit. But he isn't, is he? 
nobody who reads the New Testament could come to any other conclusion than the conclusion that John comes to here. Because the consistent witness of the Scriptures, the consistent claim of the Lord Jesus himself, is that apart from Christ, no one can come to know the Father. Remember the words that Jesus spoke in uh, John's Gospel to those Jews who refused to believe in him, despite all that they'd seen, despite all that they heard. Remember what he said. When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. When we see Jesus, we see God incarnate, God in human form. He is the image of the invisible God. God made flesh, God made real. Remember his astonishing claim to his disciples. I mean, Jesus made many claims, but surely none tops this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. It had to be so. There was no one else who was able to give his life as a sacrifice on the cross to take away our sins. There was no one else who was able to secure access to our Heavenly Father. But more than that, Jesus warned us that our reaction to him is also a reaction to the Father. And that the reaction that we will give to his claims and to his person will settle our destiny both now and for eternity. Again, the words of Jesus. There is a judge for the one who rejects me, and he does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. To deny the deity of Jesus Christ, to deny the uniqueness of his person as the world's Messiah, is to deny the one who sent him, the Father. And it is to decide our destiny. Will it be heaven, a life with him? Will it be hell, an eternity without him? Our reaction uh, will decide it. Uh, Some months ago, an elderly relative of mine set out on a long journey, and uh, we realized how elderly she was when she got to that destination. Eventually, four hours later, uh, she uh, got rather lost and uh, forgot the way that she was going and got, uh, well, rather confused, shall we say. Uh, Sometimes forgetting things is amusing, but sometimes it's very dangerous. I watched another uh, program uh, not so long ago where another elderly uh, driver got confused and ended up driving up the wrong way up a very busy motorway. It can be dangerous, can't it? And John tells us it's dangerous when we forget the truth about the Lord Jesus. And here is John's test for us to apply to those who teach us And it's the second part of his strategy to keep us in the Lord Jesus Christ, can keep us as Christians. He says we are to remember the truth that we have received, that truth which the Holy Spirit has revealed to us, the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ. He says we can be sure that anyone who denies that truth about Jesus is pure and simple a liar. And we can also be sure that if we remember that truth, if we acknowledge the Son, then we will have the Father also. Remember the truth. Third part of his strategy, and finally, he says the third part is to remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. Uh, He's reminded us, hasn't he, that we have an anointing, uh, we have received uh, a truth, and just in case we haven't got the message, he gets out his highlighter and uh, he underlines it again for us, doesn't he? Uh, Verse 24. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. And the reason he is so keen to drill it home to us, he says, 
It's because there are those who are trying to lead us astray. Verse uh, 26. Uh, John does not want anybody to wander away from the truth and be lost. Well, I think the final part of his strategy is, in many ways, the simplest, but also the most uh, profound. And it's simply this. Remain in Christ, he says. Verse uh, 27. At the end, he says, just as the anointing has taught you, uh, remain in him. This, friends, is the deep secret of persevering in the Christian life, if you haven't learned it yet. Remaining in Christ. Now, we can't say for certain, but my guess is that John is recalling the teaching that the Lord Jesus gave to his disciples in the upper room the night before he died, uh, the night before he went to the cross. Let me remind you of what he told them then, from John chapter 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, you can hardly come up with a more appropriate picture, could you, for uh, illustrating what it means to be a Christian. Because just as the fruitfulness of a a vine depends on the branches remaining united uh, to the vine itself, so the fruitfulness of the Christian depends on our being united uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing his life, growing in his likeness. If we don't remain in him, John tells us, we will wither and die. We'll only be fit to be thrown away. Ultimately, the way to continue as a Christian is to abide in the one who called us. Remain in him. Well, we might sit there and think, well, that's all very well, Will, but that sounds a little bit mysterious, doesn't it? It sounds a bit sort of spiritual, esoteric, uh, perhaps. It's a bit mystical. Uh, How do we remain in Christ? Well, I think actually John has given us the answer here. And again, it's a familiar one. It's a very simple uh, answer. He says, verse 24, we remain in Christ by remaining in the gospel truth that we first received. See what he says, verse 24. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. Uh, Just as we need food every day to sustain us uh, physically, Uh, so we need the food of God's word every day to sustain us spiritually. Uh, We never move on from what we first received. We never move away from it either. We only ever go deeper into it. Uh, We could spend a lifetime uh, knowing more about uh, Jesus through uh, God's word and going deeper into it. Uh, So often you find that the first step in somebody drifting away from Jesus has been they stop spending daily time with him. Such a simple thing, isn't it? Uh, So many of us, probably as Christians, were brought up with a daily quiet time. Uh, It sounds almost a bit sort of facile, a bit bit naive. But friends, we never get beyond that. Spending time with the Lord Jesus daily in his word and in prayer. That is the secret, says John. Uh, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. Let the word dwell richly in you, as scripture tells us elsewhere. And then, by his Spirit, we will remain in him. We didn't read this bit, but John tells us in the next verse, verse 28, 29, if we do so, we will grow in our likeness to him, because his word will do his work in our hearts by his Spirit. It will transform us into the likeness of our Lord Jesus. 
And when we do remain in him, we can be confident, John tells us, that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. We will be richly welcomed, and we will receive the promise that he gave us, verse 25, the promise, eternal life, life with him uh, forever. Uh, I heard a story of a uh, man who was very, very wealthy, uh, and he died having amassed a very large uh, art collection. Uh, There were some very fine pieces in it, and many collectors were very keen to get their hands on it. Uh, The auction uh, started, and the first uh, lot, as it were, was a picture, and not a great picture, to be honest, of the uh, man's dead son. His son had died in one of the wars uh, many, many years ago, and this had been a treasured painting uh, that the man had held on to. Uh, the auctioneer uh, tried to auction it off, and unsurprisingly, none of the collectors wanted to touch it. They were waiting for the big stuff. And eventually, an elderly man stuck his hand up and said he'd have it. And he took it for a five or something like that. Uh, it turned out he'd been a family servant uh, for many years. He knew the family really well. He'd known the son. Uh, he knew how much this picture uh, meant to uh, the, uh, the father. And at that point, the auctioneer closed the auction and said it's done. And he read out the will of that man. He said, the one who takes my son takes it all. That man had taken everything, the whole lot. The special stuff, the uh, picture of his son, the whole lot. The one who has my son takes it all. And Jesus gives us the same promise, doesn't he, in these verses. John gives us the same promise. If we have the son, we have it all. If we remain in him, if his word remains in us, then we'll bear much fruit. We know that. Uh, His life and his power will sustain us all the way to the end. And we will never fall away. We will receive a rich welcome. Remain in the Son. He who has the Son has it all. How can we be sure that we will keep going to the end with Jesus? We can be sure because of his mighty power. We can be sure because of his wonderful promises. We can be sure that if we remember the truth that we've learned, if we remain in him day by day, walking with him, then we will receive the reward that he's promised us, eternal life. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that it gives us both warnings and encouragements. And we pray that we would hear from you what we need to hear this evening. We do pray that you would give us the insight to recognize those who are false teachers. We pray that you would give us grace to remember what you have taught us. And above all, we pray that we would remain in you. We would be united to you by faith. Uh, We would depend on you in your words and in prayer and by your spirit, that we might bear great fruit and one day be found with you and enjoy eternal life. For your name's sake we pray. Amen.